for our next industry update this morning, we're looking at the new administration's tactics for closing the student digital gap. So to get a little more specific, obviously with a new administration comes new policy visions and the Biden administration has already vocalized some priorities for our education system. So here's some reporting out of the 74 million. Uh, the Biden administration is pointing to the digital divide amongst students as one of the first inequities that it plans to tackle. Uh, millions of students still don't have consistent access to reliable internet to participate in their remote or hybrid learning during the pandemic. And last summer, it was estimated that 17 million U.S. students still lacked the internet services they needed to fully participate in online learning. Those numbers haven't improved much. Uh, a UCLA report showed that a third of households have limited digital access and low-income families especially lack devices and in many cases an internet connection entirely. Uh, the 74 million story quotes Bart Epstein. He's the CEO of nonprofit EdTech Evidence Exchange. And uh, Bart is said to have some pretty good knowledge of the administration's education plans. Uh, he said that they plan to name a new director for the Office of Educational Technology as part of their strategies. Uh, Bart Epstein said, quote, I'm hoping for strong leadership to be appointed to attack this once in a generation problem, end quote. Uh, President Biden has also already named a new acting chair of the FCC, Jessica Rosenworcel, uh, who has been a vocal proponent of closing the homework gap via an Internet discount program for schools, which we'll get into here in a little bit. President Biden is also bringing on Education Secretary-designate Miguel Cardona, who in his role as Connecticut's state commissioner focused heavily on increased device and internet service access. So I wanted to expand on some of the Biden administration's plans, how feasible they sound, and what the consequences and impacts of them will be. Obviously, we're bringing on our ed tech extraordinaire once again, host of MarketScale's Remote Possibilities, Kevin Hogan, for more insights on the specifics. Kevin, good to have you back, man. Daniel, thanks. You got the check. Yeah, always a pleasure getting to chat, and uh, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to breaking this down. I have a feeling we're going to be getting a lot of fresh ed tech news around the corner as this new administration uh, does or doesn't act in a variety of different ways. So let's jump right in, Kevin. Uh, let's start by framing the issue a little better. How critical is closing the digital divide to support other education initiatives in 2021? Because the way it's being portrayed here is that it's very much foundational to supporting students at a broader level. Do you agree there? Does it feel like a foundational move to support other education initiatives in 2021? Yes, no. Why or why not? Uh, absolutely. It's the, it's the number one priority. Uh, you know, over the years, experts and industry analysts would talk about kind of the esoteric uh, idea of the digital divide and what that meant and how it could be improved specifically with the use of technology. It was always kind of a conceptual thing. Starting last March, it became a, a stark reality that if students didn't have access to the internet, um, they weren't able to participate in a, in a, in a truly remote learning atmosphere. And you, know, you said the number 17 million. That is uh, an incredibly large number of people um, to not be able to participate in public education. 
The Department of Education is placing a lot of collaborative responsibility on the FCC to close this gap. Uh, for example, um, the program I mentioned above is a proposed plan to use the FCC's E-rate program to get discounted telecom infrastructure and support for students' homes. And the program is typically used to provide these discounts to schools and libraries. So basically expanding where the government can provide some discounted support for technology and internet access. How effective do you imagine a plan like this would be? It definitely seems to be the uh, the least onerous path towards getting something done. Um, E-rate has been a fantastically successful bipartisan program, which was started, I think, in 1996. It was, it was definitely maybe the second uh, part of the Clinton administration. And at that time, it was to connect the information highway to schools. Just you did, Buildings would have access to the internet, which it seems mind-boggling now, but and it wasn't that long ago, but look how far we've come since then. Uh, and really, it, it has always been something that has been supported by both sides of Congress. Um, and a pretty uh, methodical, successful way to apply for the funds and in conjunction giving those funds to telcos, which would service the schools. Now, we've seen this radical shift of learning away from the school buildings and, and bringing the classrooms into homes. Again, all these kind of conceptual things that folks in the ed tech space would always talk about, uh, but never really saw come to fruition. Well, now now it's here in, in the worst possible ways. Uh, so I do think that if they can keep that bipartisan spirit, the E-rate can be uh, distributed to something where those funds could then go out through the districts to make sure that every kid has a hotspot. Now, just for a little more context here, I'm curious your thoughts on the E-rate program as um, a solution to really solve these inequities. Uh, like we mentioned, the E-rate program is a solution that would offer discounts, right? Meaning it's not a fully subsidized government program, which also means that there is some means testing. It's non-universal. So what are your thoughts on that? Is that going to be enough to close the gap? Are we in a place where we should be uh, you know, positive or accepting of half measures? Or should we be demanding something larger, more robust? What are your thoughts? I, I again, I, I think it could be an effective vessel uh, to make improvements for for many students. However, there's one big um, obstacle that's still in the way, and it's especially true for students who are in rural or remote, uh, truly remote setups. And that's going to be the responsibility of the private telcos um, to go that last mile, even if it not, isn't necessarily a profitable maneuver, uh, to make sure that just like everyone has is supposed to have running water and everyone is supposed to have electricity, um, they, it should be an expectation that they can at least act, have access to the internet pipes. Uh, and that's just not the case right now. I'm glad you brought that up. My last question for you is just some thoughts on um, the administration's plans on that front. Basically, the next step for the Biden administration beyond this is to try to close said infrastructure gap. 
uh, mostly for rural areas that still lack broadband. And President Biden is expected to announce some sort of recovery plan in February that's focused on infrastructure. Uh, If you had to sort of quantify or qualify what sort of action we need there, uh, what sort of infrastructure mobilization do you think we actually need to see to end this crisis for students uh, based on the sort of uh, connectivity that is needed, at least for basic online learning? What needs to be done and why? Yeah, well, you mentioned the $74 million, uh, as the source of the, of the reporting. And in that piece, um, there was talk about um, an Apollo-like program, a truly federal-level Almost, or you can even go back to the Works Progress Administration or some of the Depression era programs, or even when you think about Eisenhower and, and his development of the interstate highway system, is, is another analogy, I think. Um, we need to talk about big government programs in order to secure the infrastructure, and, and the internet is as much infrastructure as anything else is these days. So I think that's what, what you're going to have to see, and hopefully we will see in the, in the coming weeks. All right, Kevin Hogan, host of MarketScale's Remote Possibilities. Thanks for your insights per usual. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel.